Good morning and welcome in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Please stand as you are able for our processional hymn, Renew Me, O Eternal Light. the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death, of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
gracious to me, oh, O Lord. Over to you do I cry all the day.
let us pray. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church, and because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 15th Sunday after Trinity is from 1 Kings chapter 17. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I might drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I might go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said. But first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she, and she, and her, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
The epistle is from Galatians chapter 5 and 6. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his, to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the gospel of our Lord. The Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
text for today is our Old Testament text, and also thanks and credit to newly retired Reverend Rolf Preuss for some of the insights and words from today. In the name of Jesus. In our Old Testament story for today, we see two things emphasized. Number one, we see God's faithfulness, His faithfulness, emphasized and extolled. We also see and learn, number two, what true faith is all about. That God's faithfulness, quite simply, is that He keeps His word. True faith is confidence that God keeps His word. And to be fair, true faith, complete true faith, is really too difficult for us as sinners. Think of the man who cried out to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. And so a miracle occurs today in our Old Testament text, but probably not the miracle that you think. Most hear this story and think of the unending jar of flour and the continually full jug of oil, but miracles are always more than about earthly things. Consider what Elijah the prophet asked this widow, this woman, to do. She was to use up her very last bit of food, not to feed herself or her son, both whom were starving, who were ready to just have their final meal, to lay down and die, but instead to take this food and feed God's prophet. First, feed me, Elijah said. And I promise that you will have plenty of food for your son and yourself. Now let's talk a little bit about Elijah, shall we? Elijah who would command a widow and her son to give up the last bit of food and to trust him? Elijah, prophet of the Most High God, is most well known for his big battle with the prophets of Baal there on Mount Carmel. Baal was a false god. And the prophets, over 600 of them, well, they had a contest between the prophets of of Baal and between Elijah, between Baal, a false god, and the one true God, the Holy Trinity. And these 600-some prophets prayed night and day, asking their false god to light a sacrifice, a sacrificial fire. But their god could not do it. Elijah, on the other hand, Praise to the one true God, the Lord God of Israel, the Holy Trinity, the only God who truly exists. And pay attention if you're with us in our Leviticus Bible study on Wednesday morning. What does this one true God do? He sends fire from heaven, fire that consumes the sacrifice. Elijah pours water on top of it, so much sore that a ditch is dug and the water is overflowing, and yet God lights the fire. And Elijah triumphs over the prophets of Baal. Little known part of that story, God then sends him into a holy rage. For Elijah is given by God to bear the sword, and all of those prophets are then slaughtered by Elijah. You see what God has to say about idolatry, about sin, and about faith? Which brings us a little more to the time of Elijah. You see, 
there was a ruler of God's people of, of Israel known as King Ahab. Not the one from the story with the whale, mind you. Ahab is an idolatrous ruler. He's married to a woman by the name of Jezebel. Watch out for that name, right? Lots of jokes about her. Jezebel was the daughter of the king of Sidon. The king of Sidon was an idolatrous nation which worshipped, take a wild guess, Baal and Asherah. King Ahab had no backbone to stand up for the faith that he had been raised in and said he, he capitulated, he chose rather the path of political allegiance. And so he introduced all of his wife's religion, the religion of another country, into his. And so in response to Ahab's flagrant idolatry, Elijah then prophesied that there would be a drought against the idolaters of the land. And guess what? His prophecy which was from God, came true, which made Elijah public enemy number one. You see, when you stand in your faith, when you stand up for what is right and holy and true, when you bear the name of the Most High God both upon your brow and upon your heart and through your mouth and through your actions, the devil, the world, and your own sinful nature will not like it. And you will be attacked, dear Christians. People will see you as the number one public enemy, such it was with Elijah. So God then sends Elijah elsewhere to preserve his very life. Do any of you remember where God sends him after all of this? To the land of Sidon. Sends him right smack dab into the middle of the hornet's nest. Why? Because God desires that all people would be saved. God desires that his word would be preached, would be taught, that faith would be practiced, even in the midst of heathens and unbelievers. God sends Elijah to a widow. She had heard, she had believed. Are you ready for this? She was a Christian. She wouldn't have known what the name Christian was or entailed. If you would have said the name Jesus Christ to her, she wouldn't have known who that was. But if you read Hebrews chapter 11, she had the same faith that all people of faith have. She looked, worshipped, and believed in the one true God, trusted that there would come a Savior, someone that would provide, and that made her a Christian. Her faith, without her even knowing the details, was in Christ. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. How's that working out for you? For the widow, this means to prepare the morsel of bread for the prophet before feeding yourself and your son. This means putting your need for the prophetic and apostolic word, which is the word of God, above your need for the food your body craves. It means trusting that your Father in heaven loves you and for Christ's sake forgives you all your sins, that he protects you, will protect you from the evil one, delivers you, will deliver you from death, and gives you, will give you eternal life. You see, his words of promise are the most precious possession that she had in her life. 
his words of promise are the most precious possession that you have. And so God took care of Elijah through the widow of Zarephath, and he took care of the widow of Zarephath through Elijah. That's the way it works. The preachers who preach the word rely on the gifts of those who hear the preaching, pastors and people together serving each other. Which is why Pastor Paul writes in today's epistle lesson, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Thus, this widow from Zarephath stands as an example, a great example of a Christian, rich in faith. And that is the real miracle. She doesn't have any religious pedigree. She has no social standing. She has no money. She has barely any food. She's got nothing as the world measures wealth. What does she have? She has the favor of God Almighty, maker and ruler of heaven and earth. He who controls the movement of the stars and the galaxy, the rising and the setting of the sun, and rules over all nations, knows and loves now for this particular woman in this particular place and time. God uses her to provide for his prophet. Why? That God's word might be proclaimed in its truth and purity in the midst of a cesspool of false doctrine and idolatry. And this, this is a miracle. It is God's work. And this also makes her very wealthy, but not in earthly things. Now, what would you rather have? All the stuff you ever wanted or needed? I had someone I met a long time ago who was completely capable of working and would work from time to time. But this person would spend what little money they had in their pocket going to the convenience store and buying a lottery ticket. This person would come and talk to me, oh, pastor, things will be so much better when I finally win the lottery one day. My question, where did you work today? What did you do? How did you use your gifts and talents not only to serve your neighbor, but tell me all about what the Bible says, that a man who does not work shall not eat. God provides an order for things. So how about you? If you have all the stuff, but not the favor of him who owns and rules this world, guess what? Your stuff whether you have a lot of it or a little of it, won't be safe. Moth and rust will destroy it. Rather, instead of seeking after all the stuff you ever want or need, perhaps you should seek after the favor of him who owns all the stuff you ever wanted or needed. You see, thieves break in and steal. And if it's in the form of, of paper money the government can print so much of as to make it worthless, you see, you really can't protect all your stuff. Only the God who fed Elijah, the widow, and her son can protect you and your stuff. And he knows better than you what you really need. He also knows what you can do without. You think you know because you know what you want. But to be fair, and I find this more and more as I grow a little older, what you want today and what you want tomorrow are not the same thing. 
So consider the priorities of the widow who cared for God's prophet. She was going to feed herself and her boy. Elijah insisted that she feed him first. God sent Elijah to preach God's word, and so God's word now comes first before anything else. And this is what our children need. They need God's word more than they need us. This woman knew it. She understood St. Paul's words in today's epistle lesson many years before he even wrote them. He wrote this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. It's no sin to be wealthy. It's no virtue to be poor. Neither wealth nor poverty are signs of God's favor. St. Paul also wrote in his letter to the Philippians, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So material wealth, or the lack of it, does not define us, identify us, or provide us with true and lasting status in life. Jesus said, one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. And God loves us, amazingly so. This we know. But do we know what love is? We know what love is only if God tells us what it is. That's because human notions of love are always twisted. Just as human nature has fallen from the innocence and perfection in which God created us, our notion of love is to be given things. Give me a better job, give me a better spouse, better kids, more money, more success, better health, and the list goes on and on, doesn't it? Should we suffer bodily loss? We question God's love. If he loved me, we say, wouldn't he give me? And so here we provide whatever we are lacking in life, but dearly wish we had. But God's love, His true and lasting love, His greatest of these love, is given us in His Word. That's His faithfulness. And so we hear, we listen, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we believe. God told the woman Elijah was coming and to help him, and he came and spoke God's Word to her. She heard God's word, and guess what? She believed it. That's the miracle. That's why she made bread for Elijah. She believed what he said. But keep in mind, her faith was not in Elijah. It was in the God whose word Elijah spoke. That's why we as pastors even dress up when we serve you in albs, chasubles, vestments, to cover up who we are that you may know and believe that it's actually God who is serving you, so you don't confuse us. You see, God's Word, His presence that comes to be with us sinners, is our greatest treasure in this life, even when we forget it. And when we do, a bit of loss and suffering might just be what our spiritual doctor orders for us. And such, Elijah's name and reputation are permanently linked to the Christian opposition to idolatry. Idolatry is the worship of the creation instead of the creator. Worrying about feeding and clothing our bodies is a form of idolatry. 
But God is our Father. He's your Father. And He knows what you need. But defining the value of your life according to the value of money or stuff is idolatry. The value of our lives is determined by God, not by us. And if you want to know what your life is worth, whether you're barely getting by at $12 an hour or have millions of dollars in the bank, you must listen to God. And here is what he said through the Apostle Peter, 1 Peter 1. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but rather you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, God has placed on you a far greater value than you could ever place on yourself. The value of His Son's blood. Jesus, the Lamb of God, offers Himself up on the cross as as a sacrifice to set you free. He bought you not with money, but with His own vicarious suffering and death. His innocence bore your sin. His obedience replaces your disobedience. His satisfaction of God's demands brings you God's favor. And that's the miracle that faith grasps. Christ is the fulfillment of every promise God has ever made. And for Christ's sake, God has forgiven you all your sins. He's made you His own. And He's bestowed upon you a value greater than all the money in the world. Thus, it is on account of Christ, the Word made flesh, that we treasure God's Word as precious as life itself. For God's Word is miracle in action, producing faith that sustains through drought and famine, through pandemics, through hurricanes and fires, sustains us even through death itself. For Christ is our life. In the name of Jesus.
Let us pray for the whole church in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, be gracious to us, your baptized children, for temptations and anxieties surround us. Gladden our souls with the good news of your Son's perfect life and sacrificial death for our salvation. Strengthen us in the faith and fill us with your Spirit that we might trust in you for all things temporal and eternal. Lord, in your mercy, hear hear our prayer. prayer. Heavenly Father, show your abundant mercy to all those whom you have called to preach Christ and him crucified. According to your gracious will, grant faithful pastors to all vacant congregations and restore to service those pastors without a congregation to serve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, grant opportunities for honest and faithful labor to all, especially to the unemployed, and give us all contentment and joy as we carry out our daily tasks. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, grant wisdom to the President, the Congress, and the Supreme Court of the United States, to the leaders of our states and localities, and to the rulers of the world, that they would seek peace, promote life, and protect the weakest among us. Guard and protect those who serve in our armed forces and emergency services, that they may serve with integrity and return home safely. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you grant life to all people that they may grow in faith toward you and love toward one another. Help all people to see the gift of life you have given, to love and cherish it. Protect those whose lives appear to have little or no value to the world around them, the elderly, the severely ill, those near death and the unborn whose lives are not yet seen or acknowledged by so many. Protect the unborn amongst us, especially those of Shelley and Heidi, Alyssa and Maria. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, give ear to our prayers for the sick, the suffering, the lonely, the shut-in, the depressed, the dying, and all those in any need, especially for the family of Carol Hack and the family of Walt Lysing, for Joni, David, Lori, Steve, David, and Ray, for Bob, Larry, Diane, Denise, and Rhonda, for Laura, David, Chris, Shirley, Nico, and Larry, and for David, Elaine, Reverend Gary Dwork, Paul, and Dick, for William, Bill, and Bob, and for our shut-ins, Olga, Lorraine, Anne, Doris, and Lori. Be merciful and gracious to them and strengthen them in their trials. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, grant that all who partake of your Son's body and blood and fellowship of this altar today would do so in repentance and faith and to their abundant blessing. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, according to your will and in your time, you call your children to rest from their labors. Receive our thanks for those who have gone before us in the faith and grant that we who walk as yet by faith may join them in their holy rest until that day when you raise us incorruptible and immortal. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened us to the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Now may the body and blood of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you steadfast unto life everlasting. Depart in peace and with great joy. Your sins are forgiven. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endureth forever. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.